Hey, this is Brandon J. Clack, and you're tuned into Game Changer. What's going on, everybody? Brandon Clack here, and this is another edition of Game Changer. You know, I, I am just overjoyed. There's not many times that I get super excited to interview somebody, but when I tell you we have the star of all stars, in all nations, we believe that Pastor Fanika Friend outshines us all. Pastor Fanika, how are you? Hi. You doing okay? I am. I you am. know that you are like a living legend at this point, right? <laughs> no. There is something, here's something that you all don't know about Pastor Fanica that I identified when we were just uh, chopping it up a few minutes ago. She's got this gigantic personality, but she prefers the background. Well, how did that happen? How did, how did that even, that doesn't even seem like it's right. You know, people often say that it is one of the uh, untold stories of me. I, I really prefer um, the background than the stage. And if it wasn't for my husband, I probably would stay um, in the background. You know, he would start um, accepting engagements and I would see my face literally on social media saying I was preaching somewhere. And I was like, I didn't accept that. He was like, yeah, I know because you wouldn't. So I did it for you because. <laughs> Wait, he was accepting engagements for you? He was because he was like, you're trying to hide. You got to come out of hiding. Um, you know, the world needs you. And me, I'm just like, I'm a mom and a wife. And he was like, nope. You're more than that. Uh, that that's right. Was God bless Pastor Adrian Davis. Just bless his eager heart. Uh, okay, so I have a, another question for you. Your life. I think we've seen snippets of your story that you have shared, and uh, I'm not going to have you rehash all of it. I'd like you to just tell me a few things that were so monumental to you that you felt like you made a decision that was a game changer. What's what's one or two things in your life that you knew? I made that decision and it changed everything for me. Uh, you know, well, I grew up with um, neither parent. And so I knew the game changer for me was going to be once I had children. What well, was crazy, I was told that I couldn't even have children. Hmm. And so um, not only was I barren, um, the Lord ended up opening uh, my womb several times. It became a revolving door. Glory be to God. <laughs> And, uh, but the game changer moment was I was not going to do um, what I saw or I was not going to allow fear of what I did not have to stop me from being the mom yeah. that I knew that God called me to be uh, for my girls. And I think, you know, that was one of the things I, I get a lot of times. I didn't see that happen in my life. I didn't have a father. I didn't have a mother. I didn't have either. But I made a choice. I wanted to be decided. I often talk about you just have to decide sometimes and you just have to be decided. And I was decided that I was not going to be uh, that way. Are you self-taught? I mean, if, if you had no model, I think you're like top five moms in America. So wow. uh, what what brought you into that understanding of your children? I am self-taught. Um, I've never had a mentor. Um, ever? Ever, ever. ever. Um, I've mentored others and it's so weird and it's, I, 
often get nervous when people ask me to mentor them. That's probably my number one um, question. Um, will you mentor me? And a lot of times I'm like, no, 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 no. I've never had a mentor. So I was like, I don't want to screw something up or mess mm. something up. But it, it is literally, and it seems so cliche, has been guided by the Holy Spirit. I've literally said, God, how do you want me to mother these children? Yeah. And that has literally been my guide. Um, yes, you know, some things you learn in reverse. Um, I, now my grandparents um, did did raise me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it was my paternal um, grandparents, so they only had my father. So they kind of struggled when it came to kind of like some girl things. So it was no real nurturing. Um, you know, you all right? Or, you know, and so some of those things I kind of struggled with early on with just Boo, you know, me and Boo of mm-hmm. that nurturing piece. And so it was something that actually my husband made me aware of before we were married. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, you know, you just kind of like, oh, you all right? Get up. You know, and I was like, oh, okay. And so that was the probably the moment that I started to seek God about mothering because I was single. I was not married. And so I knew that I only had one shot to get this right. And it was only one consistent parent in her life. And so I had to get it right. And so I worked and I prayed to be sure because I didn't know. Really, I almost was probably like Pastor A.D. I really didn't think I was going to ever get married after I had Ashriel. Wait, really? Absolutely. So marriage seems to me watching from the outside in and getting to be on the inside with you all. It seems like you were crafted for marriage. You all do it almost so effortlessly. You just had this amazing conference, Friends with Friends, which I hope you're going to have round two. You know, I, I hope. <laughs> you know, they put, they twisted my arm. We'll I think see you should. <laughs> but you make it look so... Like second nature, that that's amazing to me that you never thought you'd be married. I didn't because I thought I was damaged goods because of things mm. that happened. Uh, you know, I was molested as a child, um, and it you know it caused actually things in my body to mess up. So uh, and so that's why I could not. I was told I could not have children medically, um, and so actually I had children and no menstrual cycle, which that's a mystery and 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 that's a wonder and that's a miracle um, all in itself. So none of my girls. We really couldn't get an accurate due date. So all of my girls came at different times and it was just like, hey, I know, you know, I know it's it's, it's time. But, you know, not because the doctor could say, but because of that, I said there will be no man that ever wants a woman who has been dropped by both parents wow. because I felt like if not one parent stuck around, then mm-hmm. that was something in me that was just unlovable. And I said, if my own parents could walk away, then no man would stay. And so actually, even in my dating life, I never allowed a man to spend a night with me. Really? Ever. Ever. Even when I was in sin. Ever. You couldn't You couldn't stay. You got to go, sugar. All right. God bless you. It's been nice. It's been real. But you got to go to your own house because it was always the fear of rejection. What does tomorrow morning look at like? How would you look at me tomorrow morning? And so instead of um, taking that on. I just said you had to leave. And a lot of men was like, what? what? You got to go. You, you, you can't stay. When, when you were dating LeBryant, did he ever try to spend the night and you say, no, you got to get out, fam? Well, you know, our story is different because we we went from best friends to engaged. And Wait, so, so there was no dating period. There was no dating period. So there period. is hope for AD. He there is hope date. for my son, AD. You know, the day. Maybe I was wrong last time. <laughs> you was like me wrong. And so he actually used to stay all the time. And he also had a key to my place. And what? 
at was probably the the gag is he actually proposed to a young lady at my place because we were so close oh. at Ooh. friends and he always had um access to my house and actually when I had Ashriel I put a bed in her nursery for him because at that time I was working three jobs and so his family was the ones that kind of stuck okay. uh, stepped up Okay, so you you just obviously just changed the game with that one. <laughs> he proposed to someone in your house? He did. I helped him pick the ring. No, I'm not. You hush. <laughs> and so how did that fall through? Uh, it, 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 he got cold feet? No, actually, um, they decided to part ways amicably. Yes. <laughs> and it. so, uh, and so, yeah. And so we were, we were, we were best friends uh, forever. But let me tell you, it was it was funny. I remember when I didn't know I had fell in love with him mm. and he made a stake and called me their name and the stuff that he had at my apartment. I literally threw it over a second floor oh. um, on, uh, to the ground. And then I was so embarrassed wow. by my behavior because that's that wasn't the way we interacted. Um, and so he was a game changer for me because I had that more ghetto thug type of love. I go off on you, you go off on me. You know, I push you a little bit, you push me back a little bit. And so he was a game changer because that was just not who he was. And so I had to learn to really learn how to cope and talk to him. Because you've really evolved. I, you're not like the, the thug pastor. Right. I don't see you slapping anybody or going off on anybody. How did you evolve from that? Well, I, you, I, but you know, I, I still had to evolve even in marriage. You know, there was a time where the man of God was preaching in Arizona and I was outside, you know, yeah, with my hand up. on the neck. You know, <laughs> glory be to God. But I thank God for growth and I thank God for hiding us in the desert and not presenting us until the Lord worked some of those kinks out. Yeah. <laughs> Out of me. That is yeah. hilarious. So, yes, he was a game changer um, for me. It. His family was a game changer for me. I had never seen black family um, done that way. We, I come from a prestigious family mm-hmm. um, with money. And so it was, this is how we need to appear to be to people. Mm. But it wasn't that way at home. And so I learned a more performance base mm-hmm. um, than actual love. And the game changers, when I met his family, was like, oh, man, y'all like, y'all love each other for real. Yeah. And that was probably the weirdest thing when I would often say that. And they was like, why do you always say that? Just because it was something um, that I never seen. And so really who you date or who you're married, who you connected with, it is so true. It can make you or it can break you. And in that sense, it taught me something different. Okay, my next question. Uh, I came to preach for you. Yes. Uh, what was that? Maybe a few weeks ago. Yes. And uh, your husband asked me to come, and I love him, so I came. Uh, he then honored me with a small box. This was this was his um, reciprocity to me, sweating and screaming and praying my and all of that. God. He said, uh, "Brandon, I want to give you this box. Open this box when you get to your room." I open the box and I see. Um, edible vanilla. It wasn't lotion. It was it was cream lubricant. There it is. Uh huh. He gave me these these lubricants. He gave me some ties. Uh huh. Some like a little S and S, a little ties. Okay, so yeah. you all gave this out at your conference. Talk to me about this box. Absolutely. What we wanted to do um, was most times when we. Um, 
counsel couples, mm-hmm. the number one thing is a struggle with sex, especially as it pertains to Christians. Um, because most time women have been taught that sex is a dirty thing. Only fast women do it. And yeah. so it's not something that you do. What I've also learned is women turned up pre-marriage in sex because they feel like I'm in sin anyway so I'm going to go for it Mm -hmm. but now that I'm married then I need to tone it all the way down and the number of pastor wives and actually even when I first um, married my husband I almost struggled because I knew he was a pastor and I was like dang you know if I turn up too much this might be a lot um, for him and I just know he ain't been with nobody that's probably as freaky as me and so can I say freaky? You can say it. It's okay to say freaky. Our sponsors are still supporting us you're good and so i was a little bit nervous and so probably the first year or more i probably held back um some of those parts of me and so Mm -hmm. now i feel it is my duty to kind of teach and train women um to not all the way tone it down Mm -hmm. and so for me i wanted to give the box not only as a shock um, factor that's not that was not the reason I want to say hey try something that you've never tried before and one thing that we kept talking about in our uh, conference which I wish my son was there is about vulnerability mm. um, I don't think you can take your relationship especially not even your sex life to the next level until you're vulnerable with your partner because what happens is I don't know what you like if you don't tell me and, and if you don't like it I need you to tell me that as well but a lot of times People feel like if I say that, then they're going to feel like I'm rejecting them. And then you're having bad sex instead of having good sex because we're talking and we're vulnerable and saying, hey, this is what I like. This is what I want to try. And now that, you know, we're getting older, let's mix it up. Let's buy a swing. Let's get a wedge. You know, let's do all of these things. But it's something that we're talking about saying, hey, you know, as together as a couple, you know, we want to change it. And so that was the reason why. And it was so funny because one man used the whole lube. He uh, ate it all. He ate it all. And he was waiting for us. When we got to the door and he said, am I going to get sick because I could, I ate the whole thing and I'm laughing. I said, no, brother, I wouldn't put anything in there that made you sick. But the testimonies we have gotten that even from some of the husbands and some of the wives that they were able to do things that they had never done. And they felt like it literally changed. And we had couples, maybe out of all the couples, it was only like five from our church. So it was couples like from Iowa, Colorado, different places that I had never met who were much older than I. We had one couple that was married 39 years I mean they was married almost as long as I've been alive and so to be there and say in that moment they felt like they still even 39 years later did something that they had never done I I was grateful to that is it safe to say that God has uniquely anointed you to activate sex lives for married people Uh, I I, I believe so. I believe so. I, I believe it's because uh, of my transparency. And I also think it's the way that we're making marriage look more sexy, more appealing, because a lot of times people feel like if I'm going to be with one person sexually for the rest of my life, I'm going to get bored, fam. Yeah, I'm going to get bored. And I'm saying, listen, you can have you can, you can have a good marriage and you can have good sex. And you know, what I'm saying? and it works hand in hand. And I think that's why even now, 11 years in, we still connect like newlyweds just because of that. I, my thing is I refuse to be married 
married and miserable. I had a great single life. Mm -hmm. Amazing single life. I wasn't the woman that was planning a marriage and a white dress and all that. I was not that girl. And so for me to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do is marriage. Then I refuse to be in that sucker and be miserable. Well, let me just say on behalf of all of the married men that just haven't had a chance to thank you, I'm sure right now they're somewhere (laughs) dancing and running for your uh, mentorship. I get get, uh, quite a few inboxes from husbands saying thank you and so it, it is always, you know. And let it's me just say, I, I tied up Christabel. <laughs> I mean, I did. I tied her up. I, I, I tied her right to the bedpost, and I, and you I, got your swing too. I right? did. I got a swing. Your husband, your husband actually sent me a swing. Absolutely. So I threw mother right in it, and we just swung back and forth until we couldn't listen, swing no more. Listen, you got to spice it up. This is the person you're gonna be with for the rest of your life. Ain't nobody around here having no boring. What did what did Kev on stage <laughs> say? Boring, silly sex. Listen, it's the I didn't want that. Okay, I got another question for you. Okay. Um, the appearance of a woman. Uh, I have quite a few of the people that go to my church that just love your trendiness, your confidence. Um, they always say you'll never catch Pastor Fanica friend looking homeless out in public. And they just love the way you present yourself. So that was for some time. Then you blew everybody away and you did what no one else does on Instagram and you pulled your wig off. And you had no makeup on and you were still just as confident. Can you talk about the double edged sword of being dolled up and being comfortable with just uh, my, my braids out? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I really have that uh, model of I don't really care kind of what people think. I what If it feels good to me, I do it. And so I don't feel like all the time I need to present myself on social media um, all dolled up because, mm-hmm. like you said, I am just as confident in it as I am out of it. And, you know, and even as a plus size girl, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, get flat because, you know, you ain't small or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all about confidence and for me I really be thinking I look good and so I I you know and I think long as I think that I don't do it for anybody else you know I think that is the key a lot of times people get dressed to impress others I say man Finika you gonna take this Target outfit and watch how many people say where did you get that from and when I put Target it blows them away and that right there really probably is the thing that excites me when I can take something that is not even as expensive or name brand and, and rock it because to me confidence is the best thing that you can wear because you can have on a $400 outfit or whatever and I can put on something from Target and I'm going to kill it because it's all about the confidence and so for me that's one thing why I'm always even posting outfits or where I got them from mm-hmm. and a lot of times people when they see that Target or Walmart or whatever you know even with my it. girls they can't believe it they can't believe it you uh you've got preach like a girl preach like a girl that's your line of clothing and apparel that you've got going are there any books in the future coming uh well i'm 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 currently working on a book called what am i supposed to do with these lemons and um it comes from the phrase when life gives you lemons you make lemonade Mm -hmm. and for me how do you learn when there's no one there to teach you the steps to make lemonade? It's so easy to say. And so typically what we do is trial and error. So the the way 
you know, grandma make it or the mama make it if I didn't have that. I had to learn to make it on my own. And I put some ingredients in there and some things that I thought was going to work and some things worked out for me and some things did not work out for me. And so, but at the end, I crafted it enough, enough years of working on the recipe and then I finally got it to uh, to taste right. And so that's what that book will be about, about our life and just how we kind of put things in and take things out and some things we We've seen others do, but it's not um, uh, to our taste or to yeah. our liking. And then we realize we have to do it the way that that, that suits us and our liking. And so that's kind of really my life is yeah. I have to do what suits me. You know, I live my life, you know, trying to please, you know, my grandparents or be a certain way. Um, I came up in a family that didn't believe in women preaching. Um, um, a woman was supposed to be quiet and silent, always look nice. Now, I was something I was taught and groomed sure. as a child, always look nice. Even as a child, it was almost groomed like you get a husband and you look nice and you be quiet and, you know. And so I was just like, I think it's more to, you know, to life than that. Yeah. And so that's what marriage is going to be. I don't think so because, you know, I, I'm pretty vocal. And so I don't think that, you know, that will work for me. And so that is what that book will be about. Just kind of my life journey. And the Preach Like a Girl came from, um, you know, one thing, like I said, I was told I shouldn't even be preaching. And so mm-hmm. actually I have a large amount of my family that won't even speak to me in public because um, you're a preacher, because I'm a preacher. Uh, absolutely. Uh, my grandfather passed away. The, uh, we buried him the Saturday before all nations Atlanta started that next day, that Sunday. And at the funeral, I was left to be, to sit with my husband, um, Justin came and my best friend came and, you know, and it was kind of like when I got outside, it was like, hey, can we take a picture with you? Can we speak to you? You know, because it's just kind of been shunned um, because of what I do. And so I had to be okay with even family rejection because the call was just, you know, it, it was still there and I couldn't. I couldn't I couldn't take it away. So the preach like a girl came from um, and then I also was told after I started preaching, I had mm-hmm. a man tell me it was a bishop. Actually, he said, if you wasn't so feminine, he said, you can out preach any man. But if you wasn't so feminine, more doors will open for you. And and I, what did he want you to be? I mean, you got to think in in the context of kind of what I'm from. Women even preaching all black. Oh, um, either they was in collars, they yeah. their suits or navy blue. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of still mimicked what a man had on. It was just that your skirt was longer, but it was no color, no flair. Here I'm with Barbie pink lipstick on and front lace and wigs and lashes and things like that. And so that wasn't something that they saw. So what happens is when I get up to preach, people automatically kind of uh, judge me and then after they say oh my god I didn't know you were so anointed or I didn't know you were so powerful yeah. and I'm thinking what it, what what about me says I'm not anointed and powerful so the only thing it is it's the way I look so it's yes. my outfit is too feminine my, my, my makeup is too feminine and so what I want to teach women is we don't have to compete with men you can be as feminine as you want to be and it. as powerful as you want to be as God created us and I love our femininity I don't want to be a man I don't want to try to preach like a man I don't want to you know compete with a man I love my femininity and I embrace it and I I just think it's a gift and so for me it's something that I want to push because so many women who do preach are held to you can preach in black 
and navy blue. That's insane. Uh, I I don't want to uh, make your DMs explode. Do you have any mentorship opportunities for people across America? Not yet, um, but I am. My my husband is helping me to work on something, and I have to keep saying that because a lot of times I get very fearful of those things. As I said before, I didn't have a mentor, but now it's getting kind of overwhelming, and I'm figuring. I can't just say I didn't have it and not offer the opportunity for someone else just it. out of fear. So it's one of those moments of just doing it, but doing it scared. So absolutely, I'm going to do that. And I also have a um, a girl talk um, kind of panel thing coming up. Nice. Uh, Pastor AD is going to be with me. What? Uh, Real Talk Cam is going to be with me. Yeah. And um, my husband. And so we're just going to kind of do some, do, do, some, do some girl talk. And so what happened, it kind of stemmed from I went to a panel and... And it was some questions asked and I kind of was vexed by some of the responses. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say because it was uh, one celebrity there and just some of the responses. I was I just felt really bad and I felt so bad until I um, I spoke up and the person walked off the stage um, in the middle of the panel. But she tried to quote a scripture and said it very erroneous. And it was basically a lady asking about something her husband wanted to do backdoor her right okay i'll say it that yep. way and she was not comfortable and this lady got up and said your body is not your own and basically you're a bad wife if you don't do and this is why oh i was God. divorced and this is why i'm with this celebrity now and i was shaking on the stage and so at first i said I'm, you know i'm gonna be quiet you know because i i didn't know any of them there and i ended up speaking up and she stuck her finger up and walked off the stage but it was so many singles and once i spoke up they were stopping me as i walked out like thank you for explaining it because we were feeling like man maybe we are you know awful wives or awful women or is this what we have to look forward in marriage and i'm like absolutely not and so instead of kind of exploding on somebody else's stage or with their brand. I said, hey, I'm going to do my own thing and do a girl talk and just kind of help rewire some of these things that people have said that marriage should be or how you should behave even in your singleness. Almost like society, almost like you just need to wait to be married. But there's things you can do even in your singleness, you know, and that was things that I did even in my, I wasn't even looking to be married. Listen, Listen, the man of God proposed (laughs) and and I I thought it was somebody else proposing. That is crazy. and when he sent me on the scavenger hunt, that's a whole nother story. But um, I wasn't even looking for it. And so um, there, there are other things that you can still be doing um, in your singleness as well. Well, I absolutely believe that America needs more of Fanica friend. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that there are people that are going to benefit from your wisdom and your transparency. And so my prayer for you as your brother is that you would get all types of opportunities like this that your husband makes you do in (laughs) Jesus' name. Uh, Do you have anything else coming up? Any other things that you got on the horizon that you want to tell us as we get ready to close out? How can they follow you on social media? Um, You can follow me on my name, Fanika, P-H-I-N-E-K-A, friend, that's on IG, um, as well as Facebook. I'm working on a website now, Mm -hmm. but I will have all that information on my Instagram. So hopefully my website will be done um, by the end of this week, and then people can get their shirts and things from there and um, when I have my girl talk in November I love it Uh, we're going to close this is one thing I like to do with all of my guests I'm going to give you four names four or five names and you tell me one word to describe what you think about them okay Donald Trump (laughs) goofball (laughs) Michael Jackson performer 
Prince. My alter ego. <laughs> I love that one. Okay, last one is, let me think of a good one. Bishop Noel Jones. Preacher. <laughs> He's a preaching machine, man. Absolutely. All right, everybody. This, again, was Brandon Clack with The Game Changer. And just remember, the next steps that you're going to make and the decisions that you come on could change the game forever. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.